So we find out again a long criminal history for the accused cop killer from Monday in the city of Toronto. It doesn't happen every week. It doesn't even happen every year, every couple of years that a police officer is murdered by a civilian. But it did happen here. And this is a week after what happened in Saskatchewan, a community terrorized for days on end, no less. A whole province really terrorized for days on end. And we question again whether or not the parole system, our justice system, our system of prosecuting and sentencing, it's got its problems. It's got its huge systemic biases and barriers. But does it need a reframe? I get into some of that and what we know in our segment coming up right now on Toronto Today. So much has been made about the uh, shooting on Monday, and I understand it. I've heard all the conversations about it. We found out a lot more about the uh, accused. We, we see all these beautiful pictures of this police officer, and I don't feel any differently when I see victims um, of uh, of crime. I, I wouldn't feel any differently if you showed me the 15-year-old who was shot over the weekend. They arrested Um, a person yesterday in that crime uh, and charged him with that boy's murder. Um, But yesterday, I'm glad we're finally calling it. Um, You know, police officer wasn't killed in the line of duty. He was murdered. He was murdered on Monday afternoon uh, while getting lunch, while on a break. And there's great reporting in the Toronto Star uh, as of last night. And it's there this morning, obviously, from Jennifer Pagliaro, who we really enjoy having on the show, super smart person, Wendy Gillis, Ben Cohen. And they all worked on this. Here's the headline. Gunman behind GTA Rampage had criminal record dating back at least 20 years. You remember also we're a week removed from trying to figure out what happened in Saskatchewan. Funerals began yesterday in Saskatchewan um, in the uh, in the indigenous community for some of the 11 people that were stabbed to death. And there's still 17, 18 people who are really going to have a struggle getting healthy also who were stabbed. Um, But I look at the picture of this wonderful man. He'd been in the force for over 20 years. Um, They've left his bike at the scene. It's really emotional. They've left his motorcycle at the scene because he'd pulled off on a motorcycle to get lunch on Monday and obviously never able to get back on that motorcycle. And his colleagues will take turns riding that motorcycle back to headquarters later on today. And it's important to point out there's another death and another, um, you know, fixture of the community in Milton. And we're going to talk about that. I, I, I worry, Dave Bradley and I were saying on our uh, on our call today where we sort of map out what the big stories are. We talk every morning um, or between 4.45 and 4.50. And it uh, depends where I'm getting coffee at the given time or not getting coffee, as the case was this morning. And, uh, and we said, this story's kind of, it's been about the cop, and we understand that that would be the case, but there needs to be a bit of little light shone on what sounds like a phenomenal fixture of the community, a guy you'd want your neighbor to be, a guy you'd want uh, you 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 know you'd want him on the same his kid on the same sports team as yours, or to be picking up kids at school at the same time as this guy Shaquille Ashraf, who's an auto body shop owner who's dead, and um, when we find out about this uh, alleged killer alleged cop killer murderer uh you do realize that there's a lot it's a little bit like last week with what we went through with uh miles sanderson we're asking questions what could have done now i i do think sometimes we absolutely placate um the victimizers and not the victims in our society people say to me hey i can't figure you out politically i'm like well that's good i can't figure myself out politically right now and i haven't been able to for a few years But I do know this. I do feel I'm 
not exactly all about second chances when it comes to law and order. What did you do? Who did you hurt? What was the motivation for what you did? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not as willing to give you a second chance in this context. Feels like in Canada, we give second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chances when it comes to things like parole, when it comes to court appearances, when it comes to trying to rehabilitate. I don't know where Sean Petrie went wrong in his life. He's the 40-year-old. He was listed at 30. Um, but uh, yeah, a strange one yesterday that he was sent out as a 30-year-old and the last name was spelled wrong, but Monday was a bit of a scramble. Uh, I think it was something new to send out an alert of that nature. Um, and the rap sheet is extensive. Guys, t- 2002, so he's getting arrested from the age of 1920 on. You name it, weapons, gangs, assault, robbery, drugs, lot of lot of visits with the justice system. You ever go once? You ever gone once in front of a justice of the peace, even for, you know, a distracted driving ticket? For maybe something more than that? For something maybe where you could have kept your cool a bit more? I haven't. I've gone for a, uh, a ticket that I wanted to fight once, but the judge said, I'll give you a break here, but I don't want to see you again. Well, I can't imagine going in time after time after time after time. And I get it. Not to defend it. Some people feel helpless. Some people feel it's all hopeless. Some people feel desperation. I used to sit there and watch the news with my dad night after night, and I'd say, why would this happen? Why is this happening? What is this here in this city? What's happening in the Middle East? Why would they rise up and and try and overthrow their government? And he says, sometimes you feel you got nothing to lose. He's right. He's right. And, And you're willing to lose whatever is left to lose to make a statement. Okay? And I don't care whether that's continuing to be on the wrong side of the law or whether that's to fly an airplane into a building or, uh, or, 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 or uh, blow up an elevator. It could be any of those things. You've just decided that there's nothing left to move forward for and you're going to make a statement in this context. And we have to fix some aspects of that. I've got no empathy for how Sean Petrie ended up but we have to make sure there are fewer Sean Petries. You can do both things at the same time. You can do both those things. By the way, it's uh, dated 2010 from the Parole Board of Canada that 28-year-old Sean Petrie, wa- who'd been incarcerated, was uh, released. And it was noted that his behavior while incarcerated was negative. But a little bit of improvement at the end of the stay. He, uh, he had a federal sentence end in June of 2012, and that's the last record where he was convicted of a crime. And that's 10 years ago. So I don't know how you keep Sean Petrie in prison for the rest of his life. I get it. There are bad men and women who we don't want on our streets, who we don't want in our communities, who we don't want interacting with the rest of us. And that's not me saying that. Ask the people who live with Sean Petrie. They'll tell you, you better speak for us. I hear from these people. I heard from them yesterday. They'll say, you better talk for us because we don't have a voice. We don't feel we're listened to by enough people. Lewis March was on yesterday with Alex Pearson. Uh, Lewis is a fantastic listen. I've had several conversations with him, and I'm glad he had one yesterday with Alex Pearson. He's a community and youth development facilitator. He says many of the same things. He's founder of the Zero Gun Violence Movement. He wants to get guns out of the hands of his communities. 
We've got yeah. 30 homicides so far. 30 people have lost their lives, and it doesn't seem to be a priority to our political leaders. Their silence is, like, like it's criminal. I, I hate to say that, but their silence is criminal. Uh, we've been tracking the numbers of shootings from the beginning of the year. It started off really terribly, but it, it started leveled off recently. But every shooting, every homicide, we should be concerned about. We have an upcoming election. Is anybody mm-hmm. speaking about this? Has anybody spoken about, except the media, has anybody spoken about uh, the concern for those eight shootings, the 15-year-old? Has anybody said anything? And so we have to start talking more about it. We didn't talk as much about the 15-year-old as we are the police officer. Is one life more precious than the other? No, but I also understand why the cycle works the way it works. Here's what I'd say. We have to figure out a way to understand, we don't have the we don't have an inner city like Chicago. We don't have an inner city like Los Angeles, but we have inner suburbs. And if you live downtown or you're a 905er, here's what how your perception is informed: news stories, headline grabbing events, or there's success stories. Sometimes the news ends up being counterbalanced, and that's great. But ask residents, ask them who live at Jane and Finch, who live in Malvern, who live in Thorncliffe Park. Ask them what they want. They want their streets cleaned up. They want their kids to be able to walk to school, and they can. They want to be able to sit in their front driveway, not hide in their backyard, and they can't. So we have to talk about it, and we have to understand. And right now, I get it. It just feels void, null and void from politicians right now. John Tory, to his credit, may be a very good man. He may be a very good man, but those neighborhoods see him as the downtown elite. They might see you and me as the same downtown elite who won't listen, who won't get it, who can't check these boxes to help them out. Got to keep listening. We got to keep pushing.